Hey guys, welcome back to my conversation with Saad Ansari. Taking our discussion ahead from where we left. So, Saad, uh, you know, uh, you know, since I mean, you undergoing you know various uh, regulation, uh, regulatory uh, compliance checks and all that. When do you? When do we kind of see this going live for you guys? Okay, cool. So, um, um, just to, I'm just going to take a little bit of a step back and just. Our market, so the GCC, for for those that are listening that may not be familiar with the with the GCC, this is the Gulf cooperating countries that are made up of um, Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar, UAE, Oman, and Saudi Arabia. Um, we have a, I think, somewhere a total population of about 50 million across the GCC, and I think somewhere between. Uh, hazarding a guess about 2 million micro, small and medium enterprises. The problem that we have is that we have six different regulators and there's no passport in between our um, our market. So just because I'm launched in the United Arab Emirates or I'm launched in Bahrain doesn't mean that I can offer my services in Kuwait because I need the regulatory approval to do it in Kuwait. Now, when you compare that to, say, Europe, the, in the European Union, you have 27, 26 member states, I think if you take the UK out, and then you've got 500 million people, you've got, you know, 28 million SMEs there, and you can passport. So if you, if you, if you have a uh, financial services license issued in Germany, you can offer your services in France, or if you're, you know, regulated in Portugal, you can offer your services in Lithuania, for example. We don't have that luxury. Um, and and so what we did, we recognized this very early on. So we set um, um, a couple of our team members and their job is like going in advance to other markets and getting the regulatory approvals. So we, we have done like a, uh, we selected five countries that we see as um, where we need to be. Um, we so far have licenses in two of them. We are commercially set up in a third and going through our licensing process right now. Um, in the fourth country, we have actually just signed with the bank. And uh, once we're allowed to travel to that country, um, we can then um, start the incorporation process and the, and the regulatory process. Uh, the fifth country is still sort of just finding, you know, um, doing sort of underground research. but. Today, we have launched expense in Bahrain. So we're in beta testing in Bahrain at the moment. Um, now, when we, when we do our initial launch, we call it the reg testing launch. So this is where the regulator imposes certain restrictions on us. And, you know, we have to prove to them that we are capable of, you know, managing our business. And so that's where we are in Bahrain at the moment. And inshallah, I, um, you know, confident sort of um, Q4 in the United Arab Emirates, we should be launching something as well. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm seeing, you know, uh, you. you know, it, it's it's great to see, you know, when when your team has worked on something and when you've collaborated uh, with, with with a customer and who has such, you know, vision and when things go live, it's, I think, one of the best feelings. Definitely, definitely is. Um, you know, I'll tell you, Devanshu, one of my, one of the things that I enjoyed the most was when um, um, we received our visa card 
Um, so we have an we're sponsored by um, not sponsored uh, our we're part of the Visa FinTech Fast Track program, right. and um, so our cards are issued under the Visa scheme. Mm-hmm. So the one of the nicest feelings was was to go and buy you know go to Starbucks and buy a coffee with your own card, right? I mean. Well- there's one thing there's one thing like you know you've got a nice like i don't know you get a black card from your bank or something but <laughs> to have your actual own bank um yep. is is something else and then and then the looks that we get from you know from from people i i, I was um flying uh la- a couple of months ago i was on my, when we were doing our beta launch in bahrain and yep. i was at the immigration paying for my visa and I gave the card, um, the, so the 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 the, custom, the immigration officer got the POS machine to take the payment, and then he was looking at the card, and he said, "Where is this card from?" And I said, "This is from Bahrain, because we launched there first, so the cards are issued from Bahrain." So I've never seen this card in Bahrain before, and uh, it's a great feeling, um, you, know, um, you, you know, you know, in your wallet, it's it's that card is at, literally it is yours, right? It's not yeah. um, issued by somebody else. So that's a great feeling i mean to be able to um show people it's not a prototype anymore it's not a proof of concept anymore i can go buy something with my card i can pay online today for example all of our subscriptions that we that we pay for at expense whether it's our azure bills our aws bills everything goes through our cards and we have virtual cards set up so i can dedicate one card for this card we will pay all our figma services from this card we'll pay all our uh, mailchimp services from so we can then set cards to for different services uh, and it just makes handling things easier because before that to be honest before um uh, this went live in december la- november last year uh, before that it was my personal card so every time you know i'd get like one of my colleagues calling me up and saying hey Saad, you know we need to sign up for this service and then i think everyone in my team has a copy of my personal card right <laughs> so that they can sign up for services and that's so you know um so dangerous if it gets into the wrong hands um so it's great now that we have um our own our own cards we can sign up to the services and and they're all prepaid so one of the great things is that you know that even if somebody got a hold of your digits the maximum damage that can be inflicted is the balance of the card nothing more than that if if it's a direct debit card it can they could potentially drain your bank account before you know it so that way, you know, there is that element of security, but we've also built in a lot of cool features. You can instantly freeze the card, block the card, you can restrict the card. So just say, for example, you don't want your employees using your card at Starbucks, you can just switch off um, uh, food and beverage. And if you don't go into any restaurant, any cafe, and try to use the card, it just instantly declines the transaction. So we've built some really cool stuff and actually seeing that work in in a real uh uh live environment is just there's no uh, comparison yeah I, I mean you actually answered the next part of my question which where i wanted to understand the emotions attached to this and i this perfectly kind of summarizes the feeling of you know pulling out your own card and then getting it swiped and then people asking what what card and where does it come from you know it's an amazing yeah completely understand that <clears throat> second part you know where you have to kind of use your card for subscriptions and all then your entire team had it 
I think that's the same with me, and I I completely relate with that problem. And, yeah. You know, there was a time that uh, I would not know uh, who has my card details and where is the transaction coming from. So I used to actually message on my to my team who did this transaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look <laughs> at. but uh, it never kind of uh, you know used it anyway other way yeah. but still i mean there is danger still you know it is yeah. but, but you know devanshi the, the funny thing is is that most major banks have a solution to this they have corporate cards right, right? but but the problem the problem is that corporate cards are typically a credit product right. so that means that the bank is lending to you in some way so right. that kind of wipes out the majority of smes because they don't qualify for lending I... and then these even these corporate card systems they are still so archaic that even if someone used it you wouldn't know until the end of the month that it's been used here you are being told in real time so to give you an example this morning one of my colleagues we use a we use um a, um a, a a service called mailjet right and one of my colleagues said hey i need to um um we were ad so we had a new guy join the team he wanted we wanted to give him an extra um seat in the in mailjet so my colleague called me up uh, sent me a message and said look hey i'm going to um um can you issue me a card for uh $12.99 or 12 euros 99 so i can register so instantly you know you can do it and then within 2 3 minutes message comes back that you know um um so and so has used this card at mailjet and you know straight away and then and then you can write a reason you know um why this transaction took place and attach a receipt or or to to the thing so then you've got that you've got that there and and you know one of I, i would say that you know a lot of my like a good part of my week day month gets spent in just going over the expenses and and uh looking through bank statements to see here you know it's all being done automatic automatically for you in an organized way and you can see who is spending what and there's a lot more that we want to do with it this is just the beginning but um these are just some of the use cases that we have today absolutely no i think as a business owner i completely relate to them and i think i myself thinking you know uh, what next and how can we kind of connect ourselves or you know associate ourselves with a uh, you know with the, with the neo bank till the time you don't come to india <laughs> yeah well i i mean look i know i do know of a couple of guys i know um i believe there's one called happy i've i've not used them but i know that they are big in the corporate card space i i don't know if they uh, they might do prepaid i think open does it as well open um up. yes yeah and tide tide definitely in the uk do it i i don't know whether they will do it at launch in india but you know the the corporate space is really the corporate card space is a really interesting one and you'll see that there are some i wouldn't call, then call them neo banks but there are some fintechs that solely solely focus on corporate cards like one of my favorite ones is a danish one called plio um they they are they they have a really nice um uh system and then there's a french one called spendesk um they're quite cool but these guys really focus on just the spend side of things mm-hmm. um whereas what we're looking at is a holistic uh solution so it's not just the corporate spends corporate spends is one 
part of what we do. So you've got banking, you've then got your cards, you've got invoicing and billing. There's a few different things that are that are being created at the moment. But um, you know, one of I guess my probably my favorite product in the market and kind of like um, I, I'm not I wouldn't say who we aspire to be, but somebody that we look to as a, a leader within this is a is a French um, neobank for SMEs called Conto. I think those guys are um, are really doing a great job um, in being able to serve from a single freelancer to um, a large uh, a, a large enterprise. I think um, that's the kind of model that we are looking to um, um, get going in in the Gulf. Nice. I've, I've heard of Conto. I mean, uh, the the I mean, solution is pretty much uh, you know something that you would like to you know kind of bring to uh, you know your geography i mean i've, I've heard exactly that. yeah yes so uh, sat i mean you you chose experience design you know right in the early stages of building your product right not a lot of uh, you know uh, startup founders do that you know they when they're building a product they kind of they take an approach very lean and then are taking the uh, you know using design thinking at a later stage you know uh, in in the product you know you one of those uh, entrepreneurs and who believed in the kind of uh, power of design and what design can bring in uh, and you know at this stage you know i would like to understand i mean though the product is not out there uh, are there any impact impacts that you would like to share uh, you know that that the design uh, helped you with uh with the if the design wasn't like that the way it is right now and i know it is good because uh i know you as a entrepreneur you you focus on details you focus on very minute uh, you know aspects of a particular uh product so design is very great uh, that you you know it's, it's a very great output that you have right now thank you so devanshi i mean i i don't know um it's a really good question i don't really know where to begin on this one um I think look there's I, I think there are different schools of thought I mean there's one there's one um um uh, quote that I love I think it's attributed to Reid Hoffman and he says something like if you're not embarrassed by your first um um by your MVP or your first release then you've released too late or something like that I I I kind of get the idea of being lean and failing fast and you know um you know get something out there try it but if we go back to what we were talking about earlier with the um you know the banking services and people's trust and things i think that today we today where we are in 2021 with how you know people are so used to now mobile applications and doing everything on the mobile and the the key word is experience because as look you know i've named quite a few different um neobanks and right. and uh, services you know at at the core there is not much differentiating them right they allow you to manage your spend you can issue cards etc so how do you differentiate say a spend desk from a plio then it comes down to experience and and it's the same with banks i mean like what's the difference between you opening an account with city uh, with citibank or opening an account with icici or or what other banks uh, rbi or whoever it might be right. why why do you go to one and not the other 
And it really does come down to that it's the experience. And so we put experience at the, um, at the let's say, at the center of everything we do, that everything has to be built around delivering um, a, a great customer experience. And, um, and that's why I think that when we began, we 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 wanted to show because onboarding at the time so when we're talking about 2019 so two years ago um everyone like investors stakeholders banks and regulators would always want to know about onboarding because that's where you that's your first line of defense right are you letting on the right or wrong people into your platform and it was such a critical component that we wanted to make sure that it is something that has not been seen in our market. It has to be, it cannot be the same as what already exists. Um, and that's why, that's why I think we took that approach. And, and in general, you know, I like, you know, uh, um, I want things to look beautiful. I mean, I do understand that um, we need to, we need to be lean and we need to release quick and, and change. So now, slowly the team is going into that more sort of iterative mode and being leaner working in sprint so um now that we've got a design system in place the idea is is that we where where we do tweaks to the design system but we're not going back and changing the whole thing then i think at one point once we've built the majority of the product get that user feedback then we'll probably do design 2.0 and go back and look at you know where we can improve it. But I think one of the, for me, when it came to design, I think one of the most important things was consistency, that you maintain consistency throughout the application. So if you do something in one place, then make sure that the experience is consistent. Don't, don't uh, introduce a whole new thing. And the other thing was that, although I'm not, a, I don't believe in copying and cheating, um, but I think that we can learn from others, you know, and we're so used to using, you know, things like Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and, and you know, are there elements that we can borrow from there or improve upon them or adapt them to our, um, um, uh, to our industry and application? And that's one of the things that we've been looking at as well to, to ensure that people are familiar. Because if we designed something that was so out of this world and new, you know, it might it might excite the technophiles, but it might you know completely put off the the ninety nine percent of our other customers. So we've had to you know you have to put that experience dead at the center, at the heart of of what you're building. At least that's my um, that's my belief. I I completely am, I'm in sync with your belief. I think uh, you know I right now the whole situation the whole uh, scenario where products are so advanced and the experience that people are you know kind of using on a daily basis it's gone so ahead that taking a product out with you know an experience that is some minimal won't work i mean uh, though you know what, what you quoted makes sense but today's date it is very competitive to kind of hold that good quote true you know so i think uh, uh being clean is important, but ensuring that experience is center of everything is is more important, I believe. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm firmly in that camp as well. Right. So, Saad, you know, coming to my last, you know, kind of part of this uh, podcast uh, here, and 
I want to understand or not actually understand. I mean, you've been too generous with the uh, the entire journey and the entire information that you have helped us with and helping our audience understand about this uh, domain. Uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, you've and you've had multiple uh, uh, ventures. You know, as an entrepreneur, if you would like to give a piece of advice uh, to our listeners, to people who are building uh, uh, new products, people who are running their own businesses or startup uh, founders, if there's a piece of advice you would like to give, what would it be? Um, good question. Um, I think if you know earlier you had a question about emotions and I said to you that you know the the great emotion of using your own card finally seeing your product in use but you know the highs are one thing I think as you know anyone that's going to dip their toes into the sort of entrepreneurial sea or ocean um, needs to understand that it is not it's not an easy journey so when you kind of look at the Zuckerbergs and the Bezoses and and the, the, the Elon Musks of the world you know today they are very very successful remember they are three people out of seven billion people um, not everyone gets there although we can aspire to be to 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 that kind of um, success but behind that so much hard work so much blood sweat and tears go into it and that's often hidden um and and i you know one of the things that i do quite regularly is i read about other entrepreneurs um, um whether they've been successes or failures from all parts of the world and i see that hey you know my journey so far is not very different um the kind of lows that they've gone through um you know where people talk about you know having to exist off of eating ramen or um um you know um going to great lengths to get their product to where they want it to be um that resilience and persistence is important but but you also at the same time uh, you know and linking back to pivoting earlier in our conversation that you need to you can't also be stubborn and just keep going in one direction you need to be able to read the signals that do you need to pivot or not so i think you know um it's not a light it's not a it's not an easy journey it's a very tough journey um and you know people will you know people will never understand unless you speak to another entrepreneur others will not understand people will say why are you leaving your job or why don't you go and get a job um and you know the kind of disdain that people look at entrepreneurs with like when you say i have a startup they think you're some kind of you know jobless loser um they don't actually realize what you're trying to do until you become successful and then they're like ah okay it takes time to get things going um so i i think my one of my advices would be persistence i i definitely you know um don't be an island you know you need support um reach out to fellow entrepreneurs and i've always found you know um other entrepreneurs are quite open to share their experience and their advice i have a um a, a very good friend of mine who um you know he's from he's based here in dubai originally he's from kerala runs a startup here in in um, dubai and we meet up once a week for a coffee in the evening and we just do we vent to one another about all the things but what we what we will find is that 
whilst we're venting is, ah, oh, you know what, I've been through that and this is how I handled it. But if I were to do that with anyone else, if I do that with some of my, my good friends that, that are in the corporate world, they just don't understand, right? They don't understand where you're coming from. So, I, you know, you know, get yourself that right support system and you need good health to be able to manage that, uh, the stress and the, the emotional roller coaster of, of what running a, um, a startup is. Um, that would be, um, you know, my, my sort of overarching constantly learn constantly learn every interaction with somebody is a learning experience you know um um whether you're pitching and you are listening to investor questions each of those uh, you know learn from what they learn from what they're telling you or what they're asking you and 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 experiment constantly experiment and change things you're you're constantly tweaking your things to get better and better and better that's what i um I mean, if you, you know, since we're both uh, from the subcontinent um, and, and cricket is a, a passion and a pastime, the differences between a playing 2020 and a test match, entrepreneurship is a test match, right? It, right. it is, you, you, you know, you are, you're not going to go after every single ball and hit it for six. You, right. the, the aim of the game is to stay in, right? It's get through those five days as a startup, get past your five years, right? So that, that well, would be a little bit of my advice there. Beautifully put there, Saad. I think I, when you were saying all this, all this was resonating in my head. You know, I probably had the same emotion, same journey, uh, you know, kind of stages where your friends, especially in the corporate, they don't understand uh, uh, why are you taking this journey? What, what, you know, what lies ahead of you, you don't know. And I completely understand uh, the whole emotional trauma, or I would say the the draining that drain out that happens at the end of the day. So, but yeah. the next day you wake up and you want to fire it again. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur, I think, and you've really put it in a beautiful manner. Thank you. That was such an insightful conversation. Businesses and products get impacted through design in ways more than what we can imagine. If you would like to listen to such more conversations, stay tuned, subscribe to Business and UX Story. Till then, stay safe and keep listening. Thank you.